Hello and welcome back to another thrilling, exciting, mesmerizing episode of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by my amazing colleague Phil and myself, Drew. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He is experimenting with watercolours. Anyway, how are you, Phil? Uh, yes, I'm quite well, thank you, Mr. Drew. How are you? How am I? How am I, he asks. Well, you know what? It's been another week. We are finally in my favourite season. Autumn, fall, whatever you want to call it. Wherever you are around the world. It may not be your season right now, but here, down under, it is autumn and I am happy. No, 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 no. It is autumn and that's awesome. Okay, so I think we're going for rhymes in this episode. How are you, Mr. Drew? Autumn, awesome. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I'm cope with this. It's cool. But uh, I, I must interject here. Um, oh, dear. Uh, I'm no insect, though. Get it? In- interject insect? No, anyway. Uh, look, what the hell is that? Why do you like the season of autumn? Autumn is when things start. the ground starts to go a bit like cold and mushy and damp and... Then mosquitoes start to come out a little bit more and everything starts to go gross and you start to get the sniffles more often. And then the leaves fall off and then the backyard just gets covered. Well, backyards, outside areas get covered in leaves and they're gross and yuck and annoying. Why do you like it? I have an argument for every single thing you said there. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, the leaves fall, the ground gets a bit mushy, but you know what else? These cold, chilling winds start coming in that dry out the mush. So it's all right. It's quite manageable. No, because then your face gets cold, and then your hands get cold, and then your fingers hurt. So you hurt, wear and then your warmer nose hurts. clothes. It's how do you fun cover your nose? Wearing layers. You wear a scarf. Your eyes. And you tuck your nose in. Well, you don't wear glasses. So no. You you have that legitimate issue. No, the other issue is you end up all sweaty underneath this stuff. So your face is cold and dry and like red raw because it's cold, and okay. then you you're you're underneath these layers, and you go oh. It's way too hot for these layers, but it's too cold to not because it's autumn and it, the weather can't make up its mind and you're having problems from both summer and winter. God, what are you going to do when winter comes along? But seriously, how do you... grumpy. Yeah, but how do you assume that the mozzies come out? The weather's getting colder. The mozzies stopped coming out because the weather's getting colder. It's the summer where you deal with the mosquitoes and the ants and all the, the bugs and the insects. No, no, no. I no, have no. mouse problems in winter and I have... Uh, you get mice problems. in your house? Well, I spe- well, my room does because well, the walls of my room. I can hear them tunneling through the wall, running around through the walls. Yeah, but do they actually run around in your room? Oh no, no, they just keep me up all night because they're through oh. the walls. Oh, good because I was about to say I'm not visiting your room anytime soon. So. I don't get mice in my room. They're in the walls. I can't do anything because they run from my neighbor's house across our roof into the wall, then down through the ground. It's a shame you can't just, like, catch one. I want to punch then, a hole in the wall. Yeah, I swear to God, I know no, exactly no, 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 where no. they are sometimes. Yeah, and a punch... Catch, catch one and tie a magnet to its tail and then just put some paper clips along your wall uh, and let true. them move the paper clips <laughs> <around. laughs> uh, <laughs> That's really funny, actually. I want to do that. See, my idea was to just punch through the wall exactly where it is so hard that I end up slamming into the other wall, the outer wall, and it then gets catastrophically injured between my hand and the outer, outer wall. 
But no, that's not a bad idea too. The, yeah, the magnet thing. Or you put a magnet around its tail and then I just get a really strong magnet. And if it's annoying me in the night, I can just go and pin it to the magnet and say, stay there, you horrible little rodent, and stay there till the next day. Yeah, you know, it might be hilarious. What do you mean might be? Well, especially if it, if I can make it so that it's lifted up just off like one of the joists. So it's like <laughs> hovering in the air. And so it can't actually like, it just has to hang there. It's like a trophy. Or a medal. Well, it deserves it. It's pissing me off. It's in my wall. But seriously, autumn is here, and let's enjoy the cool change in the weather. I get to go to Melbourne and watch... Uh, I am excited, actually, because autumn sparks the start of the Formula One racing season. In fact, all motorsport seasons. In fact, all sports seasons for me. Uh, AFL, Australian uh, Football League, and... Uh, uh, so, rugby league. See, yeah. there's there's good points to this, and I get and to go and sit and, don't there and be the freezing union. cold in the crowd. Don't forget union. Our oh, unions are shambles at the moment. Yeah, but rugby fifteens is just the, the sport itself. It's a... Oh, that's true. Well, that yeah. that goes on all year round in international tests and stuff. It does. It does. But yes, no. Um, it is a change of month, it is a change of season, and things are feeling a bit refreshed, are they not? Yeah, I guess so. It just feels like the year's going too fast. How it is does. it already March? I can't... What the hell? It was February, like, three days ago. Not really. It was, like, what, five a days ago? A week ago. A week ago. Yep, when, yeah, when this episode came out. Yeah. Uh, last episode came out. And then it was January, like, four days ago or something like that. Like, five days ago or something like that. One might say the year is uh, marching on. <laughs> uh, no, one might not say that. Well, you might not, but I just... I did. would not. I know you just I... did, but I'm not going to. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, I'll take the pun for tonight. That's okay by me. Now, uh, as usual, we are as uh, prepared as, uh, as a peanut. I like that. Prepared, uh, prepared as, a as a peanut that is salted and but not on outside the shell so the salt's on the outside of the shell Ooh, I liked that's... what you said better I think you did a better job yeah anyway I do have something to talk about I spent this uh, fine day sitting and watching the Oscars now wow is that like your neighbours like there's like some parents named both their sons Oscars like Oscar wouldn't it be funny if all their first names were Oscar? Oscar, Oscar. Oh, I just spent the day watching the Oscars. Oh, really? What are they up to? Oh, and they're mostly just running around back and forth in their underpants. It's a bit weird. It's like some 80s primetime sitcom. The Oscars. the Oscars. Oh, we have to make this now. Oh, my God. This changes everything, Drew. Copyright, patent pending, yada, yada, yada. You heard it here first, folks. The Oscars. <laughs> oh, my God. And what if it can, wins can an can- Oscar? Can they all wear, like, yellow outfits so they kind of look like the Oscar statue? <laughs> but they have to be, like, yellow sweaters. Oh, yeah, like, like what Arthur wears. Yes, exactly. I was picturing Arthur. <laughs> oh, God, that's what I was picturing. Wow. Same but yes, wavelength. Uh, yeah, always. But, but we digress. The 90th Academy Awards took place this past week. Um, side story before I get into discussing the ceremony itself. I was at work while the show aired. The, I, I actually left for work about half an hour into the program and 
I knew that I wanted to watch the ceremony properly and find out the winners that way. For the last few years, I've tried to attempt this and I have failed abysmally thanks to one person or another spoiling it or just my own um, inability to get to the ceremony in time. Yeah. But this year, I was I was pretty hell-bent on it happening to the point where I did not access any social media platforms at all. I went to work, uh, I spent my breaks on Candy Crush and not checking up on anything. I had to do that over the weekend because uh, car racing was on, but I was at work, so it was kind of like, oh yes. my god, you, how do I, how do I the, avoid this? You had the same dilemma, mm. and much like my circumstance, you also had people around you who knew the results ahead Yes, of and I had to beg them not to say anything, and I had to warn them even before conversation started. Oh, by the way, don't mention anything because I don't know yet. Which is which is exactly what I spent the last few days doing because the initial plan was to go to work on Monday and then come home and have the show ready to watch the following day. And you did what instead as a gentleman? Uh, well, Tuesday rolled around and as I was gearing up to go out and buy popcorn, I got the call to come into work. And being the gentleman that I am, of course, I obliged and took the extra shift. And so I had to spend another day offline telling anyone and everyone around me to not say a word and to not discuss the Oscars with me. Mm. I did not want to know who won. I didn't want to know a thing. And by some miracle, I made it through another day of not finding out. Ta-da! Woo! So, of course, this morning, this morning being the Wednesday, um, it is still Wednesday for another minute, or just under a minute, um, I chuffed off to Westfield Parramatta to the good folks at Colonel's Popcorn. If you've never tried Colonel's, make a beeline to Westfield Parramatta. They are quite possibly the last place to still have a Colonel's store. They what used the hell to be is everywhere. Colonel's? Colonel's is a popcorn place and they sell all different types of popcorn. So when I was younger, we used to go to the one at Castle Towers and they had a flavor called Jalapeno Jack. And Who's that? It, well, that was just the name of the flavor. <laughs> and, it, and it was nacho cheese flavored popcorn. And at some point along the way, they renamed Jalapeno Jack to Macho Nacho. So, of course, I went over this morning and got my large bag of Macho Nacho to bring home to enjoy with the Oscars. And not a single call was made from the workplace. I got to sit and enjoy the ceremony and find out all the winners. And it was spectacular. The experience and the show itself. 90 years of Oscar. It was a no-holes-barred ceremony where they they went for broke. They knew about everything that had gone on in the last 12 months in the industry. And they had no problem confronting every last little bit of it head-on. That's really good. Oh, it was beautiful. And Jimmy Kimmel hosting... I, I hope they call him back next year for a third go 
he he was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And aside from aside from the the minority focus that seemed to drive the show, they made a very big point this year about giving back and acknowledging that none of them would be there without the movie-going audience, without the people that actually go to the cinema and watch these films. That's the gas. Yeah. It, it made me feel as if we were being appreciated. Those of us that go to these movies, in some cases we see them several times in the cinema. Amen. And, and, and we love it and we appreciate it. And Jimmy Kimmel took it a step further. Everyone applauded when he brought it up and he goes, no, no, you don't get me. I really want to thank the audience. So he roped in a number of celebrities in the Dolby Theatre and they went over Mm. the road and crashed a preview screening of A Wrinkle in Time to go and talk to the audience there. Jesus. Well, he did that. Didn't he bring a whole, like, audience through last time? Yeah, this was a little step further. He had Guillermo del Toro and Guillermo, his um, his sideman from his talk show, walk in with a six-foot-long sub. <laughs> he had Army Hammer and Ansel Egort operating... Um, hot dog guns shooting hot dogs into the crowd he had Mark Hamill um the Aussie Margot Robbie and Jonathan Ross a couple of others oh that would be a dream wouldn't it no he had a handful of them giving out baskets of lollies and red vines and Haribo and all of that to these people and they had cameras perched all through the cinema to capture every bit of it and then they they paused the movie in the cinema and flicked it to a camera set up on the stage at the Oscars and had the entire audience with Meryl Streep front and centre thanking the audience Jesus it was amazing so now we have to go and watch a rerun of it when it's on Fox 8 or something it's three hours long I'm going to have to fast forward through a uh, repeat of it Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. It, you need to you need to watch the whole thing realistically. Um, but no, it, it was a spectacular show. There weren't too many big surprises with the winners. I'll give a spoiler warning, I guess, now about who won and who didn't, in case you were like me and were avoiding it and are still avoiding it, but are somehow not avoiding this podcast. So, The Shape of Water absolutely knocked it out of the park. 13 nominations, 4 wins, including Best Picture. It's an interest, It's an interesting film, though. Like, when we saw it, it was like... It was, it was bizarre, but cool, but bizarre. Yeah, it, it's, such, it's this beautiful fairy tale, and I think it deserved Best Picture... When you look at the competition, and the competition was bloody good this year, I liked that they gave it to this popcorn fantasy rather than giving it to, you know, the the independent award season film. Yeah. Valid. I mean, but I mean, then you, you have films that are, you know, Academy fodder. Well, 
I mean, I felt like Wanda there's elements out. of this. Yeah, Wonder missed out. Ugh, outrageous. That, that was, that, well, Wonder had Wonder had a nomination. I think it was the makeup for Ugly Kid nominated. of the Year. That kid was amazing. Uh, the other big surprise, though, was Get Out with all its nominations mm-hmm. and with a best. Uh, what was it? A best original screenplay win for Jordan Peele. Yes, hell yeah. So let's take a moment to acknowledge that a black comedian won best original screenplay for a horror movie. But it was an awesome effort, though. It was incredible. You should go and watch his acceptance speech. He just holds it together on stage, and as he's walking off the stage, he breaks down into tears. Uh-huh. In the middle of walking off. It's, oh, it's spectacular. He, oh, what he crafted with that movie, man. I want to go back and watch it again. We're going to have to do that soon. On a projector. Oh, yep, on the projector. We'll add it to the list. The ever-growing list. The list. Bum, bum, bum. But no, overall, um, a really good ceremony. A lot of um, a lot of empowerment. And mm. more than anything, I think the biggest thing I took from it was that they all felt this need, this desperate need to encourage people out there with passion and creativity to take the leap. That they want to see these people make it and be standing there with them even uh Guillermo del Toro made made the remark during his acceptance speech for best director that Steven Spielberg had told him only a few days before that if you wind up standing on that podium you've become part of the legacy and that was all that they wanted to communicate to the audience that those of us out out there that have this passion and have this drive, they want us there with them. How do they say such beautiful? How, like you know, how do how do how do people that are um, famous or you know a c- celebrity? How do they come up with great sayings? Like why can't I come up with a saying that's as good as that? Because your catch line is limited to a three-letter word. Yep. Ballad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's you got me there. Game over. It's um it's like in is it community? That guy goes pop pop. Like, well that's his catch well, line. Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty says Flubba Dubba what does he say? Flubba Dubba Wub Wub. That's it. Wubba dubba wub wub. Wub wub. Wub wub. I can't and remember this, now. It's wub 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 I was in New York City last last August, last August, and uh, I woke up after we'd gone out for the night uh, drinking, and the TV was on, and Rick and Morty was on. 
And that's the first time I'd watched Rick and Morty. And I was like, what's this? And my mate said, it's Rick and Morty. And I said, oh. And then I realized that this wasn't anything like that TV show, Adventure Time, which has completely bizarre, messed up drawing by some child. And Rick and Morty's actually really uh, kind of intelligent, but hilarious. And also just, you know, lackadaisical, I guess. It's almost a South Park in a different version, different light. Different take in that it's intelligent, but it's also instead in, instead of, you know, being actual relevant things, it's just looking at life itself and it's at the, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's, that's somewhat what Adventure Time is, though, as well. Adventure Time is a very intelligent show. And well, I don't lot, know that. I've never watched it. There's a lot to decipher in there, but you need to actually sit down and take the time with it. Why do they look like they're like, they've got like, why do it look like their heads don't go beyond their, their torso? It's just the design. There's plenty of cartoons that we grew up with that looked like that. Gumby. Gumby was messed up. Gumby was weird and he had the horse. You want to talk about messed up? I'm still, okay, ever since the other day when I shared the Okie Doke um, gif, I'm thinking about how creepy that character looks and how much it creeped me out as a kid. How he was a green acorn with a a leaf on his front. Yeah, but I I loved the cartoon and yet it creeped the crap out of me every time I watched it. You know what's interesting? No, you continue. No, no, you tell me. No, I was going to say with Okie Doke. I I really liked Okie Doke as well, but I think it's the earliest, earliest thing I can remember that was genuinely irritated by as well. Yeah, like he was just a, like a he's just a he'd fart ass around and was just like a an idiot and was a jerk and just like dismissive, but would always have a, a smile and laugh and just have some. So you had crappy, a love hate relationship with Oki. Yeah, well, he had some great like saying at the end of the episode. And it's like, well, well, what the hell are you pulling this saying out of your ass for? Like, just, come on, man! Like, just just stop. Just be I a think- human, even though you're not. You're an acorn with a leaf on your front. And a I, think I, on. That, I think I had that feeling with Noddy. No, this, you can't this... have that feeling with Noddy. Noddy was... was no, uh... no, no, you can. You can, because Noddy is, is cool, the villains are dumb as anything, and Big Ears is annoying. I'm sorry, but he is. Let's just face facts. Big Ears was like a world grandfather that doesn't understand that the world actually doesn't revolve around them. And also doesn't understand the concept of boundaries. He would just bound into someone's house and you'd be like oh, to, okay well because that's he's because, just here well that's because big ears wanted to catch noddy in his uh Don't not ruin public, childhoods not public outfit oh, um God. birthday okay. suit uh and accidentally fall to his knees and Wake up gonna, the next I'm, morning in the bed. Uh, but no, be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut was, you off there. Yeah, Noddy just... was also a really abrasive, spoiled brat child that had a car and was a taxi driver, but also a jerk. But he was cool, but I liked him. And he was pathetic and always whinged and complained and things went wrong. But I have Wait. a book. I have a book, though, where a a donkey, which is a donkey mixed with a monkey. Why isn't it just called a donkey? Why was it called a donkey if it's a monkey mixed with a donkey? Why wasn't it just called a donkey? Which is a monkey mixed with a donkey. Anyway, whatever. This thing took his car and um, was a jerk and he didn't like it. And then another time these these thieves took his car and crashed it and he cried. 
and it was really sad. I almost I almost cried when I read that book even today. That is sad. Yeah. Well, I don't read the words, and I've never read the words, but I just looked at the pictures. I'm now trying to think of what other cartoons might have bugged me as a kid. Freaky stories used to weird me out a little bit. I that was sort of a it depended on the episode one. Freaky stories annoyed me because it was just before The Simpsons would be on at six o'clock, and so you'd be sitting there going like, "Ugh, oh, this is a crap episode," and I want The Simpsons to be on, but I know that I have to get to the end of this before I can change the channel because then I know that I'm just gonna be watching news and I don't care about news. I don't understand it. So yeah, I just that would that would annoy me. Um, you were kind oh, of you, at the mercy of, of freaky stories. You were allowed to watch The Simpsons, though, so you, you were fine. Hell yeah, <laughs> Simpsons was great. Yeah, uh, I, I... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Little Elvis Jones and the Truck Stoppers annoyed me uh, sometimes. How? It was one of the best. No, 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 I agree. I absolutely you- love it, and I still love it. But it just, again, like, uh, whenever the, the fat jerk would come in with his marble winning marble thing ring his, on his finger is cubic zirconia yeah yeah that's not a good yeah. thing that's a piece of crap <laughs> it's worthless yeah but it was gonna make him all that money yeah fair enough uh, do, you yeah, rem- that- do you remember the last episode no oh can you tell me tell me the answer tell me what happened it was the whole the whole story arc came to an actual close they there was found- a story arc yeah, well, you know how he's always searching for the for the underground depository of all the cubic zirconia and whatever. No, they I thought find... he was trying to find out if he was really Elvis's son. I wonder if that's the way it happened on the day I was found. Yeah, it, everything gets revealed at the end. You, you gotta. I will. No, just tell and... me. Just tell me. No, I am telling you. Like literally, okay. it all it all comes up, and and you find out everything was true. So he really was left there by Elvis. I, I'm trying to remember how specific they got on that. Well, surely Elvis was dead, or at least a fat loser by then. Yeah. And not travelling Australian outback in a Cadillac that probably never made it to this country. <laughs> um, What else was there? There was... George Stick- Shrinks annoyed me. I like George Shrinks. I, I, I actually look, got again, all of it. I absolutely love it, and it was dead set, still is one of my favourite shows. The thing that annoyed me was that because it was such an Art Deco theme show, if you don't know what George Shrinks was, it was a TV show about this little guy that shrunk, was tiny. I don't know how his mother gave birth to Actually, I don't think his mother would have felt giving birth to him because he was the size of, I don't know, like an iPhone or something like that. That's how tall he was. Um, and yeah, so he was tiny and it was American or like Canadian or something like that. And it was really Art Deco kind of like jazzy sort of music and everything like that. Um, and yeah, so he had all these, like his father was a inventor as well, uh, and stuff. And he had a brother named junior who was like three, but like about the size of a normal three-year-old baby. So therefore a three-year-old child. So therefore George was tiny compared to his older brother. And he had, was somehow friends with this chick down the road who was about George's, uh, George's age, but normal size like what i wouldn't talk to that that would weirdo i wouldn't talk to them anyway um yeah i didn't like i didn't i didn't like his stuff because it was like normal it was just weird like his little car thing that could also fly like why couldn't it just look like a car why did it have to look like some three-wheeled mouse thing it just annoyed me that it wasn't just a normal cool car thing and you could have anything like any toy car and turn it into a real one but it had to be some weird contraption thing 
Yeah, it just annoyed That's me. Part that. of the fun of it, though. No, it just annoyed me. So then I didn't like it because oh, of that. No, but I love the show. I do love it. I do, 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 do. Really, really love it. But you're right but, about the Art Deco. How good is that? It, it was really interesting, and everyone just, was always really well dressed with a yeah. like a jumper on or like a sweater sweater vest with like long sleeves rolled back and everything like that. Yeah. Do you remember sticking around? Of course, I remember sticking around. Bradley, oh. get real. Real mature Bradley. Of course I remember. I love it. That was one of the best theme songs and one of the best shows. I, I love the simplistic stick figureness of the drawing. We were truly blessed growing up. We had the best cartoons on ABC for kids. Ugh. And now they have absolute trash. Pretty much. Pretty and much. Do you think, though, I say that in jest, but I, at the same time, I'm pretty <laughs> serious as well. Um, do you think that it's just because it's not of our time or do you think that it's, it genuinely isn't as in-depth and is very PC and therefore bland? Do you think I, that it really I, is lacking? I think it's the latter. and I, I think it is genuinely lacking and I've got a few reasons for this theory. Uh, first one is the animation. So nearly everything now is computer animated as opposed it's to It's so lazy. It is. It was incredibly lazy. Another big tell was that, obviously, we had the cartoons that were made in our time, and we had the cartoons that were our parents' generation. My parents would watch all the current cartoons with us as well, and they would appreciate it the same way they appreciated the cartoons that they grew up with, and in turn, we learned to appreciate them as well. You know, we all grew up with all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, um, uh, all the old Disney, the Looney Tunes. We had all of it, right? But then, if we try to look at the the stuff that's on now, it, it's barely even a handful that we can actually sit through. And I, I don't think that that has anything to do with our age. Um, I genuinely believe that there is a soullessness in computer animation that it just seems to be rife in all these churned out television shows. Well, if you look at, if you look at, you know, Bob the Builder, Postman Pat, Fireman Sam, Thomas the Tank Engine, Bananas and Pajamas, all these shows that were either stop motion animation or claymation or some form of in-between or even just real life people in costumes. Now... They're all animation and lazily done and not a lot of depth or detail. They all kind of look like the same thing. They could pretty much walk from one scene into the next and it'd be a completely different show and you wouldn't even know it. It's true. And it's really sad because just something's been lost in the translation. And and then we can discuss the fact that there is now such a politically correct world taking place that limits what can actually make it to air i mean if we think about looney tunes for example there are so many cartoons that i can't track down i'm trying to find the whole collection and i i can't find so many of them because they're just not available because they're not politically correct exactly Um, you know i remember one from my childhood of bugs bunny and an american indian or a native american i should say who was um trying to cook him in a pot and he kept trying to like climbing out and just standing next to him and talking to him. And then, you know, they eventually that guy would be chopping up carrots and then, you know, lift up the whole fire thing because he'd noticed Bugs Bunny had moved and then keep moving and keep moving and then eventually moved off the screen. And that's not available anymore because it portrays that um, Native Americans are stupid. 
Whereas I didn't see that as a child, and I still don't think that. I just think it was a stupid character. I think maybe that was the point when they first made it. It's like, haha, look how stupid this thing is. But really, I didn't see that as that. I thought it was, haha, this, that character is stupid. I didn't know who the hell that is. But, like, everyone these days goes, oh, no, no, we can't show that because that person is of a race or of a kind. So, therefore, we can't show that because people might get offended by that. Like, oh, come on. Like, just show the bloody thing. Kids don't... Kids aren't smart enough to be that, like, you know, on the point and understand your adult stupidity and politically correctness. That's true. It's true. And, and I mean... It's gotten to the point where they think that simply avoiding something is the answer. So, we grew up with cartoons, both our generation and our parents' generation, where characters would smoke, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it was cigars or cigarettes or whatever, and Disney was rife with it. Uh, Let's let's use Oliver and Company. Uh, Pinocchio. Fagin, Fagin has his cigar. The kids smoke cigars in Pinocchio. Um, 101 Dalmatians, Roger has his pipe. <laughs> pipe, Phil. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you do. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, instead of teaching children about what smoking is and why there are bad side effects to it, they're now just going, up. Oh, we we can't show it at all because children should not see this at all. What's going to happen the day they are exposed to it? They're going to wonder why it was kept from them all these years. It's gonna it's gonna piss their curiosity. Yeah, yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're it's not like that thing. Children, you're mollycoddling them. It's like that thing of don't give a child junk food because then they um they might want it. Yeah, well, if you don't give them junk food, it become this like forbidden fruit, this thing that it's like, oh, that's taboo. Exactly. I really want that. And then for, they'll, when they get it, they won't stop. And they won't be like, yeah, I know what that is. It's not a big deal. It'll be, I want that. Holy crap. I, I really want this now. And then the drive just takes over. So, you know. Yep. I don't know. It's there's, there's a balance and they completely missed the point. Yep. No, it, and this is why we've got to buy up all the old cartoons now. I'm, I'm looking at my shelf right now. I've got the first eight seasons of Spongebob there. I've got all of Angry Beavers. I've got Rocco's Modern Life. I've got Rugrats, Hey Arnold, The Wild Thornberries, all the stuff that we grew up on. I've even got the stuff predating us. I've got the Wacky Races and the Jetsons and Scooby-Doo because the these, are, these are the programs that I want to pass on to my son that I want him to grow up on because I don't want him growing up in a politically correct world where he has no preparation for how to deal with real life when it does get thrown upon him at whatever point that is. Mm. Very, 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 very good. Hear, hear to that. Mm. Indeed. Um, So who won some of the Oscars? Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just to come back to it. Yeah, let's go back to the Oscars. Why not? Um, who did win? Who won Best Actor? It was the favourite. Oh, of course. Gary Oldman. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. Gary Oldman won his Oscar. Yes. Oh. Oh, yes. I, I was just... Si- I was applauding. I was sitting on my bed applauding as I watched it happen on the TV. I was so happy. It was a wonderful thing to see it finally happen. 
Oh, so that's that's two years in a row that someone that no, is it two? No, it's not two years in a row. Sorry, it's two out of the last three years that someone that deserved to win it finally got it. Oh, it, it was so deserved. Um, and it and interestingly, it's uh, just as Gary's becoming an old man. Wow. Okay, we're um, we're one each on the puns, aren't we? Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, very deserving win for Gary Oldman. Uh, best actress, Frances McDormand. No surprise there for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I haven't seen uh, that still. Yeah, we still haven't watched it. Um, or I, Tonya. Indeed. If you have not seen Frances McDormand's acceptance speech yet, go on YouTube and look it up as soon as possible. It was inspiring, it was outstanding, and it'll be a speech to be remembered and replayed for years to come. Uh, best Supporting Actress was Alison Janey for I, Tonya. And that yeah. is another... It was another long overdue award because she goes up to accept it and she smiled and she was about to start talking and everyone just burst into a second round of applause for her. And you knew, you could feel that this was them acknowledging like we're sorry it took so long you're finally you've got it there you go we are so happy that you finally got it that's really nice that's really sweet and who took best supporting actor sam rockwell for yes sam rockwell yeah he's such a legend well he's terrific in moon that's my favorite thing i still haven't watched i still haven't watched it i'm sorry i'm sorry jesus christ oh my god I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will watch it. I will. I will. Okay. I love right. Sam yeah, Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I like Duncan Jones. He's a good director. And he's David Bowie's son, which makes him awesome already. Why does he have a different last name? I don't know. But but he is Bowie's son. And yeah, he also directed Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. You know who else is in uh, Moon? Who? I can't remember his name. Oh. Alright. Um... <laughs> Uh, Kevin Spacey. That's what his name is. Ah, oh, legend. Yeah. I mean... Because he I is mean, a legend. I, I mean, we don't we don't speak of him this year. No, he gives a shit. He's a legend. His, his replacement was nominated against Rockwell for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Plummer at 88, oldest Oscar nominee. Fun fact. Hmm. Mm, indeed. Jesus. Um, yeah. Who else... They're, there were a few good awards. What was um, the best? Who? What won best animated motion picture? Coco. Oh, actually, can I take? Of course, it did because Pixar. Every single time Pixar's nominated, it seems to win that bloody thing. Yeah, but remember, it it had potential competition. There was that Vincent Van Gogh painting movie that, that never could have won. It. it it was an animated film, but it was the entire film was made from individual paintings. What? For real. Well, it's just like stop motion animation, but like actual, actual old school cartoon. Yeah, but with with full on paintings. That's a bit weird. It's like it's a that, lot of effort. It's a lot me, of effort with not yeah. a lot of payoff. To me, that feels like Academy fodder. Like, <laughs> yeah, dead set, and it didn't even make it. So, whoops. I'm very I'm very glad that Coco won. I felt it deserved the win. There that was, was only- terrific. That song, that live that live version of the song, uh, remember, remember me. me. Well, posted on the the, the uh, page that no one's going to go and look at. 
Yeah. Well, mm. this is the only award that I disagreed with the result on was Best Original Song, and Remember Me won that award. I was of the very firm belief that The Greatest Showman should have taken that award for the song This Is Me. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Especially after the live performance of it at the Oscars, because that was spectacular. Not only that, though, but seeing seeing the, you know, there's a video of them in rehearsals for it, and seeing Hugh Jackman break down in tears... Oh, yeah. Uh, ...during the, the singing is phenomenal. Yeah, that should have won. What the hell? Coco's song was good, but not that good. Like, it suited the movie, but it was kind of like, yep, okay, that was really good. But, you know, um, This Is Me is, like, usable forever now for, like, empowering people. Yeah, well, th- that was the other reason I thought it would win. I thought, oh, come on, it's like it's literally the anthem of the Oscars this year. It's all about the minorities and the empowerment. How are you not the winner? However, however, there is a wonderful shed of light that comes from the actual winner so remember me and all the songs from coco were written by the husband wife songwriting duo of Kristen anderson lopez and robert lopez robert lopez in winning this award has for the first time in history he is the first person in history to win through egot twice now for those of you that don't know egot is a collection of four different awards. The Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony Award. He Mm. has now won a minimum two of each. No other person in history has done that. On top of that, when he first got through EGOT, he was the youngest person in history to do it. Jesus, this man's... uh... He co-wrote the Book of Mormon and won a ton of awards for that. He also got the last Oscar for Frozen, for Let It Go. Uh, I don't respect him for that, because that song just makes me want to hang myself. Don't say, don't say, I just thought you were going to say a pun about it. Or tell me to let it go. No, that's too easy. Good. We've got to put these jokes on ice. Drew, you had... <laughs> yeah, come on. More more awards. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who won. Alexandra Desplat won for Best Original Score for The Shape of Water. Very Desplat. fitting. Did a wonderful job. Roger Deakins won for um, for Blade Runner. For Best hell, Cinematography. Hell yes. Absolutely deserved. I will back that one. That movie was fantastic visually how sharp and beautiful was it and how interesting were the sets and the scenes and the looks and the colors like oh my god what a color palette i just love that when he was announced as being the cinematographer for the film everyone just assumed he was going to get the oscar for it before the movie was even made and he did and of course he did of course he did no shock there well deserved wonderful ah but look, I think that's enough of awards. I I do want to bring up something interesting that I did this afternoon after watching the Oscars. I went and listened to a new podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, this podcast has been around since the 11th of January, but it's only just uh, started making waves as the, one of the two hosts made an appearance on Jimmy Fallon the other night to promote 
the show and the website that accompanies it. Now, I know pod- that's not this podcast. <laughs> no. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Got to uh, wait a couple more years for that. Yeah. Anyway, can you imagine us on Jimmy Fallon? Oh, oh no. Oh. I'd need a lot of... I'd, I'd need, I would dead set need makeup because if I smile or something like that, it'll get slightly <laughs> embarrassed. My face is just so transparent. You could almost see my brain through my skin. So therefore, it just goes red like as soon as I smile. Um, so yeah, I need a lot of makeup on my face for that. I just want to be chilling with the band, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. I just want to hang out with Jimmy Fallon because he seems like he's genuinely such a, a sweetheart. Oh, he does, doesn't he? But anyway, anyway, we, geez, we're good at digressing, aren't we? Yes. Man. Any, anyway, um, we anyway digress. The, the podcast is called Bunny Ears, as is the website. And the one of the two hosts, the one promoting it, is none other than former child star Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Yeah. You might remember him from such films as Uncle Buck and Home Alone. And Home Alone Lost in New York. And, and My Girl. My Girl. Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Getting even with Dad. Yep, yeah, that one too. I'm running out of Macaulay Culkin films here. And then he just lost his way and became a teenager. Yeah, he had to Does grow he up still too get fast. paid? Does he still get money from like Home Alone and stuff? He or reckon his, or reckon his parents got it wrote into their contract? Uh, no, he took them to court for that. There's, there's a whole history behind that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So did he win that? Uh, yeah, he not only won that case... He uh, took a custody case as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, there was a custody case over his younger siblings. So, yeah, it's a very interesting. But anyway, I gave their first episode a listen. So, it's him and one of his one of his oldest friends. They host this show together. It was basically a throwaway idea that they should start a podcast. And then they were like, oh, actually, yeah, we, we, let's give it a go. So a week later they start it and they just talk about crap, just everyday <laughs> crap. And you know what? All of a sudden it felt very familiar. That's weird. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have any interest in listening to the podcast. It's just talking about bullshit and like has actual no goal or anything like that. Just two people sitting around talking about random stuff. Huh. Yeah, I know, right? Who would listen to that? Mm. Anyway, it's clearly getting a bit of a following, which is really interesting, but the show was a lot of fun to listen to, and if you guys want to hear a podcast by a former child star, rather than a couple of Sydney ciders, be sure to go and check out Bunny Ears. Mm. It, it is a show to remember, and you will hear a few of his celebrity friends popping in from time to time, such as Brecken Meyer and Seth Green. Wow, that now that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, well, he's he's pretty close with all of them. Well, I can re- I can recommend a podcast too. Kent on the steering team. Mm, well, yeah, that of course <laughs> goes without saying. But there's another one. Uh, if you search for Pod Rot, Pod Rot, uh, on the podcast directory of your choice, uh, find the podcasts of Ricky Gervais called the Ricky Gervais Show. They're terrific because they have Ricky Gervais, uh, Steve Merchant, and my favorite person, Carl Pilkington. And it just is a great insight into this absolutely not made up, genuinely bizarre person, Carl Pilkington. And it's kind of like that thing where if you try to argue with a an idiot, if you're an intelligent person and you argue with an idiot, you'll lose because the idiot will beat you at uh, on their home ground pretty much. 
Um, they have the home ground advantage. So I find it so interesting and it's hilarious and I just laugh so much and it is so much fun. And yeah, it cheers me up all the time. Not and that I Rick- need cheering up. It's just great to listen to. It's hilarious. And Ricky, Steve and Carl. Mm. It's a good mix. Yep. Can't get much better. No, exactly right. But I will listen to that podcast. I will. Bunny ears. Yeah, be sure to. Now, look, if any of you out there feel like you want to hear yourself talking on a podcast and you don't really want to start your own one because, let's face it, it's an irritating process. I don't know how we managed to scramble it together. Yeah, I don't have this motivation normally. Yeah, it's easier when there's when there's a couple of us, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it a bit easier. But if you feel so inclined... Drop us a line at Saturday Disney Letter of the Week, Lockbag 8777 Eastwood, New South Wales 2122, and be sure to put your name, address, and telephone number on the back, and be sure to take a photo of what you send in, because unfortunately, we can't send it back to you. (laughs) I've been wanting to say that for weeks. You're welcome. It's the whole thing. Oh I remember the entire thing. You remembered the whole thing. Oh my uh, god. Now, if you want to join us for such entertaining banter, and if you feel like you have something to say that you want to be put out there in the world, be sure and drop us a line, not at Saturday Disney, but oh, on Facebook God. at Kent and the Steering Team. <laughs> Check out our page. We post random crap from time to time. We post stuff that we talk about on the show and we post hardly the show. Ever. Yeah, hardly. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying. We're trying. We're improving slowly. With every little week we move along, we're improving. If, if anyone ever wants to manage that page, oh, go for it because it's the easiest thing because no one looks at your rubbish. No one ever you know, comment on your mistakes or anything like that. We'll pay you in gold coins. Granted, they'll be filled with chocolate, but... And they won't be my gold coins, because they're mine. Yeah, so make sure you get to them before Phil does. No, make sure you buy your own first, and then that's what your payment is. Your gold coins. Yeah, you get to keep your own gold coins. Yep. (laughs) Now... (laughs) Man, I wish we could pay someone to monitor the page for us. (laughs) Who the hell would do it? Oh, we need, like, a marketing intern... I'll pay you in pens. I'll just take a pen from work and I'll give you a pen. Oh, I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll, then you can we'll, sell the pens for five cents each. We'll pay you in, in stationery. <laughs> That's excellent. Anyway, if you if you want to join us on the show, drop us a line. Um, if you know us and are listening, which is the more likely scenario since we think that it's only people we know that actually listen and the rest are just random bots. Anyway, drop us a line. We'd love to have you on the show. If, if, though, a little... if you are a random bot and you would like to be on the show, please also drop us a line. Please, please, please. Just try and make sure it's not in ones and zeros because we are not that good at translating binary. No, so... I'll crack it at you and tell you yeah. to go away. Yeah, and, and that'll be an even bigger string of zeros and ones and a few exclamation marks. Anyway... Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, where were we? Yeah. So if you if you want to be on the show, drop us a line. Anyway, 
Until then, it is that wonderful time of the show where we get to reveal someone who has made a true impact on the world, or at least on our world, which is our own lives, because let's face it, we're a little self-centered sometimes. Yes. And so, without further ado, we come along to Sick Kent of the Week. Yes, indeed. Indeed we do, don't we, Drew? And we're back to the rhymes. Anyway, we've got a wonderfully unique winner this week who we stumbled across a few nights ago. That was a good rhyme. Did I? You said a unique week. Oh, that was unintentional. Man, we're on a roll tonight, aren't we? The time's just flying by, much like the year. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Now, do you want to tell the story? Uh, No, you can, you can. Oh, but you understood it better. Okay, fine. All right. He he told you, not me. All right. So we were at a farewell for a coworker from a colleague from work, and uh, at this uh, event, we were just talking about people, blah blah blah. blah. There was a conversation going on, and I started, I chimed in about halfway through, and it was basically about names and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, one of the people there, whose name is William. And uh, he said, um, oh, well, well, yeah, I'm, I'm William. And my initials make William too. And we just kind of went, what do you mean? Like, William? Yeah, that's your name. And he went, no, no, no. If my first name's Will, my middle name starts with E, and my last name ends with uh, starts with M, which makes it Will E.M., which is the most fantastic thing I think I've ever heard, that his name is Will E.M., it's or, like Will I am, but Will E M, or Willem Dafoe. Yeah, or that. Yeah, Will E M. <laughs> anyway, William, you are our sick Kent of the week. Don't be expecting any gold chocolate coins. No, but let this be a lesson to all those that are out there. You don't have to do much to be given one of the most prestigious awards in the world. No, I'm not talking about an Oscar. I'm talking about this, the sick Kent of the week. Oh man, we missed a golden opportunity. We should have said the sick Kent of the week was La La Land. Oh, <laughs> oh no. crap! We have to wait a whole year for this. That's all right. You should have seen Mark Hamill when he was giving an award and he was opening the envelope, going, "Don't say La La Land. Don't say La La Land." Oh hell yeah! I've got to watch this now. <laughs> it was so good. Did but people yes. laugh? Yes, the whole audience did. <laughs> That's good. Now I want to watch that. <laughs> they poked fun about it the whole show. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that's our sick Kent of the week. And man, that time really did fly did. this week, didn't it? That was, I can't believe that. Jeebus. I'm really happy. That that was quite quite an effort. Well, not really. It wasn't even any effort. That no. That was the whole point, wasn't it? I hope that that wasn't absolute garbage for you all, because it was quite enjoyable for us. Um, if it was garbage, uh, please go and send that information to someone that cares, and that is no one at Sit Kent, uh, sorry, at uh, Kent and the Steering Team. No, no. If, if you do want to submit your um, your feelings on it, be sure to call Cheese TV's competition line on 1902... Uh, what was it? 1902... Triple five six five five. That's it. There we go. Or, or uh, better yet, if you have trouble reading, call one three double o six triple five o six. That's one three double o six triple five o six. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, of course, if uh, you know you need someone to fix the car, call Lubenbeel. Um, 
on uh, 133032. For everything mechanical, they've got it. They'll fix the car. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, our pop culture has digressed into old television commercials now. So on that note, we will bid you adieu. Until next week, we will talk to you then. I'm dragging this out, I know, but I'm waiting for Phil to say that magic three-letter catchphrase of his. Yep. sound for the home is recorded on two separate tracks, each one giving special emphasis to certain sections of the orchestra, as heard from those positions. Now, when played back simultaneously on two separate systems, the sounds are blended together to achieve a new dimension in sound, impossible to obtain in a monoro recording.